Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. Welcome to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast. This week, I'm really, really excited to introduce you to someone who I've been connected to on online for quite some time. Um, and I'm very excited for this conversation. Um, so I'm actually going to stop waffling now and introduce you to Maxine Curley. Hi, Maxine. Hi. Hi, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so oh, excited. <laughs> thank you for coming along. You know, as listeners, you're not to know this, but this has been a long time coming on, on both ends to, to pencil in some time to record this conversation. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of anticipation, just all of the excitement. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Maxine and I am a happiness life coach. So I really focus on helping fellow female small business owners, self-employed to really truly embrace who they are, their intentions, their dreams, to feel happiness and joy in their everyday and beyond, you know, all the good things, feeling flow, motivated and generally experience a calmer, present and more joyful way of being. That's that's me. (laughs) I love that. And especially (laughs) just around sort of the joy. So um, your cards were how I met you. Yes. Um, And I guess that can be part of your story. So actually, I'm not going to jump the gun. I'll I'll reveal our our romantic connection and how they impacted me and I gifted them to friends and stuff like that. But take us to the beginning, because I'm assuming you didn't come out the womb as a happiness coach. <laughs> no, I did not. Um, yeah. So, oh, okay. Where to start at the beginning? Okay. So I guess I'll start from like generally my career as a whole. So just to take you back, I did um, drama and theatre at uni. So I was always into creative subjects. I was always into being around people um, and, you know, just really kind of expressing yourself in various various art forms. That was always my thing. That's where I, I felt my most comfortable. And then when I left uni, I went through the various kind of, you know, I've left my degree. Do I pursue this as a career or do I get a job? I went down the get a job route. Um, and floated for a few a number of years through like working my way from like admin and uh working with brands working with small businesses and then I got into marketing so I then actually had a career of digital marketing for about 13 years working for like I said a small independent business and then for a more kind of corporate company and it was in 2016 when I had already been back in my employment for about a year because I had my little girl in 2014. I had a year off with her. I went back in 2015. So I'd been back in that space for about a year and I was going to be taking over my boss's position. She was going on maternity leave. And that really did spark something in me, having that kind of promotional opportunity in an employed environment really 
triggered some confidence in me to actually do something that I'd always wanted to do, which was work for myself. But over the years, I didn't really know what that looked like or what Mm -hmm. that was going to be like or how I would even do that. I didn't know anybody who had done that. We all kind of went to school, went to uni, college, apprenticeships, got jobs. We were all employed. It felt like a whole different world that I knew nothing about. But for some reason, having this opportunity, I thought, oh, actually, you know what? I want to go back to an idea that I had when I was on maternity leave. And that was about how could I use my marketing skills to help other businesses, like small businesses that were that were focused on like parenting, because obviously I had recently become a parent um, and suddenly I was engaging and seeing all these amazing businesses online. Again, a whole new world. Mm. Um, so then I decided to set up my own marketing business. And it was about a year after that that I went self-employed. And yeah, so then I had my my marketing business um, from 2016 until 2020. But in the midst of that as well is where I went on quite a very big journey in 2019. Um, I hit quite a big wall. And I guess that was really the catalyst that inspired the product of how we then met um, and also my journey to where I am now. So I was in 2019 and I'd been self-employed for about two years by that point. And I'd really hit quite a big wall in my journey. I was living in a state of constant overwhelm. I was um, feeling quite insecure about stuff. I was, you know, anybody uh, who works for themselves. And indeed, even in employed positions, I'm sure you've encountered uh, procrastination, self-doubt, inner critic. (laughs) I definitely know I'm not alone in that. And um, yeah, and I felt, and I'd gone through quite a few burnouts as well, like especially when I was making the transition from being employed to self-employed. It was a whole new roller coaster that I wasn't quite prepared for. And maybe looking back, I went into maybe a little naively about how how much time I needed to actually adjust to that. Um, And I also realized as well that I'd spent two years in this business where amazing things had happened that I just completely and utterly let me pass by. So that's that's what inspired the cause for celebration, really. And actually taking stock and being like, wow, you know what? This is a real roller coaster, but I've actually done like this amazing stuff has happened. And this is really good. And I should really celebrate that more. And I don't celebrate that. I'm actually just being consumed by being in it all the time and not taking stock of actually what I'm doing and going, actually, you know what, Max? That's that's great. Give yourself <laughs> a high five. Celebrate this stuff. Come on, blow your horn, type, you know, type of thing. Um mm-hmm. So that's actually what inspired the cards for how we met. Um, But that was also a really big catalyst for me to look at exactly what was going on for me. And one of the things that really kept coming to light for me was that I wasn't feeling very happy anymore. And if someone had asked me the question about what actually made me happy, other than quite obvious things like obviously my being my husband my daughter I didn't know really what that meant for me outside of being all these other roles all these other identities I kind of felt like I'd become very lost within myself of what I actually mm. want or what I actually like so that was a real big light bulb moment for me and that is what kind of started my personal journey into looking into the things that 
like, like I said, like really kind of embracing who I truly am, what I want for my life, what I want that to look like and to serve myself and nourish myself with the things that are better for me than letting all the rubbish stuff take control all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's, yeah, that's kind of what really kickstarted it for me. And then I spent a year on that journey myself and realized that actually I want to help other people who were feeling exactly like I was feeling um, and really kind of connect with that and, and do that. I felt like I'd found my purpose, essentially. And that's what brought me to where I am now. That is amazing and there's so many points that I want to jump into and actually the first one that I want to go into is just going back to the the ethos behind the cards because um some of you may know this isn't my first podcast my first podcast had a very similar mission because I had a very similar experience Uh, mine was slightly different in that I essentially was made redundant with 40 other people and would watch my friends apply for jobs or discount themselves from from jobs and me go why why aren't you applying for that don't you remember when you did this and you remember when you did that you've got that skill you've got that competency and I realized just how easy it was for us to forget our achievements our skills our talents our, our our milestones because we are just so focused on the next thing and that's also a huge thing that comes up a lot in my work with clients you know I I specialize in working with ambitious people I spend a lot of my time working with ambitious women so it's always on to the next and the reflection we stop there for a split second just to say that we did it but we crack on so when it comes to getting a moment or, or feeling tired or or getting that fuel for the next level we almost forget how much that that moment of gratitude and acknowledgement and patting ourselves on the back really plays into it and even when i ordered the card so i ordered the card so you had a service based pack and a product ba- product um product based a product business pack um and you made me think like you i think one of the co- questions on the card was like when did you open your business bank account and again this is like caught up in the admin, <laughs> like starting stuff. It's just like, why does that matter? But you're just like, no. And filling that out transported, like not only did it make me go through my email emails, but it also transported me back to that moment of angst or that moment of realizing I want to create one because I'm serious about this thing. I don't want it just intermingling with my rent and all of that stuff. And, oh, which one's the best one? Which one's free, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, can I get some recommendations in the house, right? What do my friends use? Or what do the people that I respect in business use? Or like, what's out there? And that whole bit, that once upon a time was a huge thing on a to-do list for me who was dreaming up a business. And definitely is something you file the papers, you get cracking and you go on. Um, and I think, you know, the rest of the questions were equally as thought provoking, but they built the muscle in me to actually go through the deck of cards every once in a while to see what I had gone through. And what I loved about them is that there was no, there was no rule to say you have to do card one first then card two, then card three. It literally let me live in the reality that our businesses and the way that they come about and the way that they grow and what growth looks like for them is completely different. So there were some cards in there where I was just like, I never want to do this thing. Cool. 
<laughs> like it was Absolutely. literally that and it was the same you know I gifted it to a friend who had a product-based business and she just loved it because she had started this business and I was maybe one of two people who she told about it so it was actually a secret so there wasn't even the peer pressure of you rocking up to somebody's brunch or birthday and somebody going how's the business going because it was a secret Mm. So it was kind of another way for her to get her little moment where she was just like, yeah, at the end of each month, I sit down and I go through the cards and I've done way more than I thought I did. And I think it's so important for us to chill out in that time. And if we need a tool like these cards, then use them because we, we miss a lot when we forget. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's, that's one of the key things as well. And that's one, that's one of the things that's so integral to um, like just connecting back to the happiness side of thing is savoring and savoring those moments and really being in them as well. Because yeah, you know, we do, we, we naturally kind of fall into this pattern now, which, which isn't actually our natural state, but what has become our natural state is to go for the next thing, you know, tick a box onto the next, tick a box onto the next. And actually we're missing a key ingredient there in actually savoring the thing that we're in and really acknowledging that and the learnings from it and the feeling that it gives us and the power that it gives us. And you know, it's great to hear you talk about the cards in that way because that's exactly what they were designed for. So, yeah, sorry. So just to recap, I've got these milestone cards, everyone listening, um, and they're for small biz owners, for self-employed, and they're really, like Jazz said, there's a service-based one, there's a product-based one, and they're designed for you to acknowledge and savour these moments. You know, every card's got space on the back for you to log the details of it, and how you feel in that moment and also to really account like give yourself accountability in terms of how you celebrate that and to essentially do that as well to build yourself a treasure trove of moments and memories that again are so integral to like our joys and things of 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 being in the way that we are to to really savor that and go actually you know what I've done that and that may not have been easy but I've done that. And I love the fact as well that you've picked up on the fact that it is not prescriptive. This isn't a how to achieve everything in your business. This isn't a tick box <laughs> exercise. This is, these are here for you. And there will be some that you use and there will be some that you don't. And there will be parts in your journey where you might have done this already. And there will be parts of your journey where you might not have done this yet. And it is for you to choose. It is your journey. And it's not to dictate what that journey looks like to you or what it's to include but it's to help you celebrate and savour the moments within it and realise how far you've come and how, you know, just absolutely magical you are for doing what you do. Mm. That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We connect on that. that (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like I'm literally running out of words here because I feel this so viscerally. I've always felt this. I've always known this. Um, even, you know, as we, we speak and as we record and especially definitely as you're all listening to this here, um, I am building out a course that shows people how to create a career strategy and one that is very much take what you need and leave the rest. One that encourages people to create their own recipe, one that gets people to the next level, but encourages them to define what the next level is for them. And the first pillar in that course is self-awareness. And the first step in that is doing a whole audit 
of the skills, the talent, the experience, the moments to be grateful for, all of those things as the foundation for the next, as the foundation for the promotion, for the negotiation, for more confidence, for personal brand, for earning more in your business, for starting a business, for pivoting industry, for leaving the country, all of these magical goals that we have (laughs) within our career, but making sure that we start it off super anchored in who we are and knowing what we're capable of, regardless of the limits that society places on us, regardless on the limits we place on ourselves. <laughs> um, that is literally where I'm at right now, to the point where when we jump off this call, I'm going back into my research bag to literally continue working on the content for that because I feel it, it is, oh, it's missing for so many of us. And it is such a, for want of a better word, a life hack oh, to, to do. That sounds absolutely incredible. And you know what? When I hear that, I think, God, my graduating self from uni back in the day, 2005, could have done with something like that, you know, could have really Mm. done with that kind of support existing out there in the space that I could have accessed because I absolutely loved what I studied at at uni I absolutely loved drama and theatre I'd loved it for years by that point why didn't I choose a career in it because I was nervous about the reality of it and um the how I how I would get into such a competitive industry Mm. I didn't know how to navigate that the course didn't prepare you for wanting to do that in the outside world. Um, And also a massive thing for me at that age was, you know, confidence and society expectation, you know, and one of the biggest things with that and not pursuing that at the time was that I decided that if I told myself that I wasn't good enough to do it, then I wouldn't have to worry about someone else telling me that because there wasn't the support there to really go, actually, you know what, Max, you've just spent three years doing this. You've achieved this. This is your strength in this. This is how you could take this further. You know, Mm. there was none of, there was none of that. And I think a lot of it as well was tied into that society expectation of like, well, now you've got to get a job. Now you've got to contribute. You've got to get on the, the, you know, the hamster wheel, join the rat race, because that's how you contribute to society. So hearing your course, like, yeah, I'm so pleased that that exists now because mm. that is so needed. <laughs> and it's so oh needed. Gosh, that time is so overwhelming because you describe it perfectly. It's the rat race because you've just spent all these years and all this money on this course. So the pressure is just there for you to climb this ladder that nobody's, giving you instructions to um and everybody who's further up the ladder hasn't taken the time to circle back and be like by the way you should know this and you should know that so you're literally just feeling in the dark but while you're feeling in the dark people are like how's it going how's it going so you're working in the thing that you studied in no i'm not i'm working in h&m yeah any further questions yeah (laughs) (laughs) literally oh gosh you took me all the way back there where it's like i feel for it (laughs) Like, and it is. And I think that's the thing for me. I believe that you're never too, it's never too late, too soon or too weird to be planning your career. Because I think that's another thing as well as as entrepreneurs, we often forget that at the core of it, our business is our career. So we deserve to have learning goals as well as the earning goals. But we tend to just focus on the 
earning goals. Yes. <laughs> right? We don't focus on like our ways of being, you know, being more bold and getting to know ourselves, leaning into our strengths, knowing what those are in the first place, all of that good stuff from a holistic point of view. So I'm pumped for it. Um, and yeah, by now, by the time you're listening to this, there should be a link in the show notes to join the waitlist. So, oh, happiness coaching, what is that? So it's, well, obviously, you know, well, you will know what coaching is, being a coach yourself. But the reason why I wanted to focus particularly on the happiness side of things is because that was such a massive journey for me in terms of really trying to identify what that meant to me and stepping away from the things that I think it should mean and all the things that I think I should do. I I had like quite a lot of it, like my life living by, again, those things that we were talking about, that kind of like tick boxing, you know, way of living um, and contributing to society. You know, you do this tick and then you do this tick and then you do this tick and that's what you should do and all this stuff. And so for me, focusing on that in particular was it just made sense to me because it was the journey that I'd gone on myself in really connecting to who I was and how I wanted to, like I said, nourish myself with more of the things that were going to serve me better and and kind of really strip away the stuff that had taken hold for so long because that wasn't actually doing me any good. You know, living in this state of overwhelm and procrastination, comparison, self-doubt, all the things, all the things <laughs> that take such a hold you know, I wasn't, I wasn't having a great life living in that, that state and letting that state, you know, really take control. So I thought to myself, right, okay, so what's another state that I could create for myself and figure out and do more of it? Because mm-hmm. that actually serves me a lot better. And when I'm feeling in that place and I'm experiencing that state, look what, look what comes out of that. Look at the opportunities, you know, and really thinking about the opportunity cost as well of like, well, if I stay where I am, what am I going to get from that? So where the, where the changes and, and all of those kind of things. So, so yeah, that's why I wanted to focus particularly on the subject of happiness, because it also is a really, it's a really big subject, actually. It sounds like mm-hmm. something so simple, but it is actually quite a big subject. And there's a lot of misconceptions about it. There's a lot of um, misunderstandings around it, again, primarily from what we did, like from society. (laughs) But also it's one of the things that actually when you talk to people, it's one of the things we want to experience in life most, you know. Uh, Like the amount of times I've said like, oh, you know, I just want to be happy or I'll be happy when or even when you're talking to somebody else you know, and, and they're talking about a certain big change in their life, you know, and I've had it said to me, you know, well, I just want you to be happy. Mm. And it comes up such, such a lot in conversation. It, it, it is quite a big goal for people, but it, but I think it can feel a little bit fluffy. It can feel almost a little bit intangible. It can feel like something that even though we all want it and want to experience it and want to experience more of it, we can place a lot of emphasis on it being attached to the things that we think will make us happy, but actually aren't really the things that will make us happy. Mm. Um, And also place it on a lot of when, like I said, you know, that I'll be happy when I make this in my business or I'll be happy when I achieve. And actually we're missing out on the things that, 
will actually make us happy now and create more of that sustainable happiness, you know? Mm. Um, But again, it's also about opening up to the fact that, you know, we feel all the things and like any state, we're not designed to exist in one state all the time. And it's not about being happy all the time. And it's not about feeling guilty about owning the fact that you're not feeling so happy. Cause I had that for a long time. I felt guilty mm-hmm. about that because you have that fear of judgment. Like, you know, people are going to be like, well, why do you feel like that? You've got this and this and this and this. And, and you feel like, okay, yeah, okay. But that's actually not, this is the whole thing about that misconception about what, yeah. what happiness is and what it means to us. Um, so, yeah. So I think it was, it was a really big thing for me having gone through that myself and I wanted to help other people with that. Yeah. And even as you were talking and you mentioned that, you know, I'll be happy when my brain went back to college when I first heard about the term, and this was in a sociology class, I heard about the term of, you know, delayed gratification and immediate gratification. And, um, you know, I remember having an open discussion about that. Um, and the lens that they were presenting it was to do with class. So this idea that working class go for the immediate gratification, whereas middle class go for delayed gratification. So that's where they see in the research that working class people will use a credit card in a different way to middle class people Mm. and different things like that. So again, through the sociological lens, but one thing that came up for a lot of people and definitely stood out, right? Because when you say that, even as you're listening to me say this as a listener, you're probably thinking, Am I, do I do that? Do I do that? And that whole yeah. thing of which one is better, which one is worse. And a huge misconception popped up to say that if you choose delayed gratification in something, it means you're miserable until that point. Mm. And especially as somebody, especially back then, I'm learning to live la vida, delayed gratification in different stuff. But I am a very impulsive person, definitely when I was younger. Um, you know, I want it, I want it now. I don't have patience for it. Let's crack on. Um, and that served me well in some places and not so well in the other place. So I kind of, I, you know, that would be my retort. It's just like, that sounds boring. Does it mean that you don't do anything straight away? You don't do anything just for the joy or just for mm. the, you know, and there wasn't that understanding in terms of my mindset as that 17 year old of thinking, actually having a long-term investment can probably make some people happy buying a house instead of renting it could probably make some people happy and it doesn't mean that they're miserable while they're living at home with their parents um and i think that's a huge paradox for a lot of people that when it comes to their own lives and going for their own happiness there tends to be this sort of disciplinary approach to it Mm. head down no treats until i've cleared my debts yeah that's yeah. a huge one that i see i'm not worthy of a tree i'm not allowed one no when i clear this then i'll do that and then you obsess over your spreadsheet and you're just like counting down the days until you can go to a nice restaurant or mm. stuff like that and again this is all people can make their own choices right so if you decided if you've decided no treats until you clear your debt and you're not depriving yourself of joy, you're not telling yourself that you're not worthy of the treat, it's just that the treats that you go for won't cost you money, Mm. that's cool. But if you are in that space, you're in that restrictive space with that, you're in that restrictive space with your happiness, and you're saying, I will only be happy when, keyword only, Mm. 
as opposed to I I may, because again, grass is not always greener, I may be happier, but I'm happy now. I may be more fulfilled, but I'm content now. And leaving room to live life in both of those realities and let them be true. That is a huge thing that kind of just went off in my brain there when you said that, because you're right. Happy. I remember reading a book by Gretchen Rubin called The Happiness Project. Yes, love when her. I was love 17. Her. Loved it because I, and I read it with a great friend of mine who introduced me to it. And I was just like, oh, this is such a shift. It's a shift of gratitude. It's a shift of, again, like we spoke about before, checking in celebrating full-bodied celebration not checkbots well i did do that yeah yeah do you know what i mean and, and stepping into that and realizing the areas where we have it within our control to make ourselves happy yeah absolutely and that's savoring as well you know savoring the moments that we're in and and that's really, really important. And I and I absolutely love her books. I'm reading a really good book of hers at the moment um, called Better Than Before, which is about habits. Mm. And um, the the passage, the um, chapter I'm reading at the moment, she talks about the habit and creating this habit, and then the reward that comes with the habit. And she was talking about, you know, when you when we've kind of got that reward uh, attachment to it. Mm. She was saying it's a really good idea to have the reward that actually helps you in terms of continuing the habit. So she was talking about like, you know, when you, I don't know, you're exercising, you're building up this habit of exercise because you want to lose weight. You want to get to a certain weight for yourself and you reward yourself by getting to that weight by having like, I don't know, 15 Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> um, and then she was saying, but then, you know, the reward of that is actually then it's kind of almost diminishing the habit that you've just like built up because you just polished off the 15 Krispy Kremes. A celebration of hitting, you know. I'm just going to dive off of the cliff because yeah, I'm Yeah, exactly, it. exactly. And she was saying about how like, you know, linking a reward to actually support you continuing that habit. And I was thinking about how, I spoke about this recently with a client who was wanting to make more time for herself and she was finding that a real struggle. And I said to her, I said, okay, well, what does that time for yourself look like? What do you, what do you like to do? And she said, I really love to read. I love reading. And I said, okay. I said, so we talked about how that could, how that could work for her, where it could fit into her day. And she said, you know, I'm worried about keeping myself accountable for it. And I said, okay. I said, well, when you're trying to get your kids into, you know, into routines or habits and stuff, you know, what do you use? And she said, oh, you know, we can use reward charts and stuff. I said, okay. I said, well, what if you had a reward chart? Because our brains love reward. Um, but the reward was that if you read 10 minutes a day, every mm-hmm. day for the month, what if your reward at the end was that you bought yourself a new book? And she was like, oh my God. That would be amazing because the reward is actually keeping yeah. it going. It's actually linked to the thing that's kickstarted it all in the first place. And yeah, she was absolutely flying with that because she knew that by her reading and making that time for herself, which not only mattered to her as a person and it gave her her space and a chance to recharge her energy in the way that felt good to her. She also then knew that at the end of the month when she'd you know done all her stars she gets to go out and choose a brand new book, which then excites her for the next month, you know, and she was telling me what one she was picking and stuff. So yeah, I found that whole concept just, yeah, again, that kind of mind blowing 
moment when you're like, oh yeah, because actually, you know, even with that, even with habits and rewards, we can do stuff that actually just gives ourselves a really hard time in the end. But actually at the time mm-hmm. we think it's going to be good. So how can we actually change that up? So again, we're supporting ourselves and nourishing ourselves in a better, in a better way. And, and that's, and that's really comes down to, you know, that's what I like to do within, in the coaching. Like I said, it's not saying that happiness is the only way it's about how can you nourish yourself with the good stuff, the really self-serving mm-hmm. stuff that's going to help you. Yeah. Oh, nourishing. I'm feeling it. That's been coming up a lot. Um, as we've kind of been discussing and I, I want to, oh, I'm going to get coachy here, but I want to unpack it a little bit, you know, unpack, <laughs> unpack some things. Unpack it. <laughs> I just want to apologize to everybody. who's not used to talking to coaches all the time. You have two coaches. We have a tendency of going into coachy speech about clarity and unpacking. And we circle <laughs> back a lot. And I do all of these things. Those of you who are my clients know that I do that. Um, but I want to, I want to, I want to jump into that because I think that is one thing that strikes me about your journey towards being a happiness coach is that we often show up and teach the things that we've embodied. So not that we have just like learned it because you could turn around and say, I'm going to be a mindset coach, right? Cause it doesn't mm. mean that you're not, you know, experienced in that area and skilled in that space. Um, but I think it is so powerful when we recognize what we have to offer. Mm. And I say this to those listening who are business owners, but I also say this to people who are within, you know, within full-time roles to challenge yourself, to ask, what have you not only learned from a theoretical point of view or learned from an experience point of view and then embodied, i.e. been there, done that, wore the t-shirt, How can you then pass that t-shirt on? And for some of us, that's what we turn into our businesses. For for others of us, that's what inspires us to mentor people. That's what inspires us into leadership roles within our companies or what, you know, unofficial leadership roles, you know, where we start up employee resource groups, we start up affiliate groups and social groups and networking groups because you have this moment when you realize I've gone over the hill, but there's still some people on the other side. Mm. And I think i just think i might have an idea or two that could help and i think that that's so important within any of our careers no matter what shape or form it is is not taking for granted how what you've embodied and for you nourishment happiness um can impact other people and it is the very the very thing that they're spinning their wheels on is something that is like clockwork to you and that's not to say that it's always been clockwork and I think that's the beauty of it being able to give them the example of a journey from point a to c yeah definitely absolutely um and I think that's the thing as well because this has been such a this has been such a journey for me I think I've I feel like in the last like you know four years is it four years nearly five years I've I feel like I've almost lived like three different lives (laughs) all in one (laughs) but it's been you know and, and that's the thing as well because I've because this has been a journey for me and because I had this person like I had this personal adventure and this experience and immersed myself in it 
for me first because I knew that I, I wanted to figure this out for myself and I needed to do I needed to do that and it was only because I'd done that that I then was like actually you know what I would like to do that for other for other people when I started this journey you know I was in my marketing business uh, I had no views then about changing up careers you know saying goodbye to marketing or anything like that when I was doing all of this this was all about figuring myself out and really getting myself experiencing new things and better self-serving things on a day-to-day basis and sustainably as well um so because I'd done that that you know, that's what then kind of opened the door when I come out of that and then made me question, you know, where I was currently in my business. And actually, you know what? I I feel like I have a bigger purpose here. I feel like something, something's like lit up in me that makes me want to do this as a as a career and, and help other people having done it myself. Like I couldn't just do the, you know, do the learning and be like, oh yeah, no. I don't think I would have I don't think I would have done it if I'd just done that (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. oh it's so important and I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone um you know to zoom back into where we are now because we've been through your journey and we've walked walked alongside you through that right now as we're recording what's your career teaching you oh my goodness so much so much because obviously being working in this way and being a coach is different to what I had done previously I mean there was a lot of crossover in terms of actually how I was in my marketing business and I've always and again probably even harking back to skills from when I was at uni you know um so it's really enabling me and teaching me to use a lot of strengths that I think had remained not hidden but that I'd maybe kept back for quite a long time. Mm. So it's definitely teaching me that actually, you know what, Max, you can, you can open those up now because that's your, you know, that's your special magic and that's actually what's going to help other people. So you don't need to kind of keep them reined in anymore. Let's just open that door. So it's definitely (laughs) teaching me more and more of that. And it's teaching me about just other people and, and what is going on in their minds and how they're feeling and the connection with that, I just think is so, so powerful. Um, So, yeah, so I feel like it's teaching, it's teaching me new stuff every, every single day. And I'm learning more and more about other people, but also about myself within that as well. And also my relationship with other people. And again, you know, social connection is a very big part of our happiness. And I think working with people in this way and connecting with people in this way has definitely strengthened, again, another kind of piece of the cake for me in terms of what brings me joy and what brings me happiness. And that is that connection with how I'm working with people, whether it's groups, one-to-ones, whether it's conversations in a message, whether it's an email. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's like a whole new world. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Three lives in five years. um, And this is where where you are at with it. Um, And I'm wary that we've talked around happiness and I'd love to just put you on the spot a little bit. You know, I do that from time to time with my guests. I did warn you before we hit record. Um, what are the three things that people should know about happiness? 
I think, first of all, it's really understanding, like I said earlier, that it is a state. It is a state. And we're not designed to be in a particular state for any one time. So this goes with all the emotions. So there's nothing wrong with you if you're not feeling happy all the time because we're not designed to feel happy all the time. When you hear people say all feelings are valid, (laughs) it's 100% the truth Um, because that's what it is. So I think really (laughs) understanding that, you know, if you're not feeling that happy with stuff at the moment, there is nothing wrong with you because I think we can actually internalize that quite a lot and we see everyone else and think, oh, there must be something wrong with me because I don't feel like that. There isn't. I also think as well, it's really important to actually get clear on what it means to you as well as the individual, not what you think society dictates. So you will be, you know, you should be happy because you've got the house, because you're married, because you've got the car, because you've got the job. You know, what does happiness actually mean to you? Because when you really dive into that, you'll often probably find that you'll strip away a lot of the things and it will be memories, it will be experiences, it will probably be connections and it will probably be the tiny, simplest things that happen in your day-to-day that we can sometimes not even open our eyes to because we're so concerned with all the other stuff. We get so consumed with all the other stuff. So I think really spending some time about connecting to, well, what does that actually mean for me? What does it look like? And what does it feel like as well? So really get snug in the whole, you know, the whole thing with it. Um, And the third thing as well, I think, is explore it, you know, Because actually a lot of the things that bring us happiness and bring us joy and the strategies and the changes up you can make in your life can actually be really, really simple things. They don't need to be massive, dramatic, life-changing overhauls. Mm. It can actually start really, really small and it could even continue really, really small but make the, the biggest impact like the biggest impact to your life overall and going forward as well. So I think that's a really important thing. And also just probably one final thing, so probably four, is that when you see that quote about that, you know, happiness is not a destination, it's the journey. It's used a lot, but it is also really true. And it isn't just a place that you'll just magically rock up to on an island one day in your boat and be like, ah, oh, I've arrived at happy. Yeah. I've arrived at happy. <laughs> I because see over the horizon. That's it, you know, because if we're kind of going with that mentality, that whole I'll be happy when, it's like, well, how long are you going to wait? And now you're going to pin all your, all your life on waiting for that moment or are you going to start creating it in the here and now and experiencing it a little bit every day in your everyday and beyond and actually experience mm. that, that more, you know, like I said, that more joyful way of being that's then going to give you all the good things as well. I mean, there's a whole load of science to it as well of what it what it can give you, what it can help you in your body, in how you then approach your day to day and everything. But I think, yeah, really realizing that you know if you keep pitching it on this place that you're just going to rock up to one day and the when, ask yourself, well, how long am I going to wait for that? Do how long do I want to keep waiting, or could I start making shifts and changes now and experiencing it now? and enjoy it now <laughs> yeah that's so 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 important ah oh amazing oh, so much food for thought so much food for thought all of this 
will be in the show notes or the transcript or the blog version. So if you are listening on the go, don't worry. We, we have the recap. Um, so before we close off, I'd love to just know where people can find out more about this happiness thing that we've been talking about and everything that you're doing and, and what you're up to. Okay, so you can visit my website, first of all. So it's www.maxinecurly.com and that's curly with a K, K-E-R-L-E-Y. Everyone always says to me, is that with a C? It's not, it's with a K. Um, so yeah, so you can find me on there at my website. I've also got um, a, a Facebook group as well, a free Facebook group called the Happy Rebels Hangout. So you can find me on there. That's where I'm putting most of my energy into these days in terms of the community there and sharing all the good stuff and, and bringing people together. Um, and I'm also on Facebook as well, Maxine Curdy Happiness Coach and Instagram, Maxine.Curdy. So Google Maxine.Curdy and you will end up at all these places and I will put all in the show notes. Absolutely. Oh, and you can find the cards on Etsy as well. Small biz, big moments. You can find the cards on Etsy. There we go. I almost I forgot about those. That. I was just like, <laughs> we did spend a little bit of a while and it was a bit of a, te- I promise you, it wasn't meant to just be like some sort of endless teaser of all these magical <laughs> questions you can ask yourself to mark all the milestones <laughs> in your service or product business. Um, so we'll definitely have that linked as well. So you can go and grab yourself some of those. Oh, Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast, where you hear the how, why, and what it takes to build a career that stands out. Don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the Career Clubhouse? You can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops. Check the links in the show notes for more info. As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.